Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hi. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast that either already changed your life or is about to change your life. I just love really laying it on thick. I love, you know, being the what's the name of the man in Princess Diaries that does the uh, makeover? I want to say Paolo. That's what I was thinking, too. But maybe I'm just in my Lizzie McGuire mindset. I love being the Paolo of the ears. Truly, make all the boy mooses go wah. And of the minds. You really mold it and change it for different. I wouldn't necessarily say better, just different. She was cute either way. Exactly. And this podcast is the audio version of a early 2000s rom-com where a girl takes off her glasses and all of them are like, Wow, she's hot? Mm -hmm. No way. Mm -hmm. Like that trope is my favorite. It's almost close second. Actually, maybe the other one is my first, but is the um, masquerade balls where only like like a less than a third of your face is covered up. And it's like, I I didn't recognize you. Who was that? And it's like literally the person you sit next to like every single day in gym class. Like, right. what? I right. love it. As long as Sixpence None the Richer is playing Kiss Me in the background, I'm in. Oh, it's it's good. It's good. You know, I don't know if I've shared with you, but it is a known fact that I make fire playlists. Like, I have had people who work in the music industry being like, you should just make playlists. Like, if I could make mood boards and playlists for a living, like... I mean, there are jobs for that. There are, but they have to do other stuff. Like, I literally mm -hmm. just want my job to be like, Come to me for the vibe and the aesthetic and to tell you if that's ugly or not or like, yes or no. Like that, what other career could I have, to be fair? Yeah, there was a job. I don't know if people are still doing this where production companies would send playlists for your ride to the production office. That's nice. I've had directors who've sent, who've made playlists for each character. Yeah. Which I really like. Music is influential. And one of my favorite playlists I've ever made is I think it's literally called main character. And it just has like every song that you would hear in one of those movies that when you listen to it, you're like, oh yeah, this is all about me. Like I'm just sitting in the back of the car. Rain is like pouring down the windshield and like I'm in my own music video. And that is one of them. And I also have a newfound appreciation for one of my other playlists because I've been listening to it nonstop. And it is called Songs with Drugs in Them. Yeah, you were putting some of that together at my home one day. Yes. There is no rhyme or reason to. I made Mods listen to this. He goes, this is the most chaotic playlist I've ever listened to because we have Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap, which, beautiful. Yes, drugs in it. Are you, did you ever watch The OC? Yeah, but like an episode here and there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I didn't even get to the part where it happens, but there's like a very iconic, spoiler alert, Marissa croaks and they play that song. I'm sorry, you didn't know that? Oh, no, no, no. I know this. 
You said OC, but for some oh reason my, I was thinking Laguna. No, I was thinking Laguna Beach. <laughs> uh, you were like, somebody died on Laguna yeah. Beach. Lauren Conrad? <laughs> that would be funny. Yes, yes. Okay. I've watched all of the OC until like the last season. It did have a kind of a lost phenomenon where it was mm-hmm. just like, oh, this, <laughs> this is getting bad. It's Mom's favorite show. He loves I that fucking that. show. Like, you go from that to, like, Get Into It by Doja Cat, and then Time of Our Lives by Pitbull and Neo. Uh, he could be the one, Hannah Montana. I would ask if you were on drugs when you made this, but I know that you were not. <laughs> Mots was asking for clarification. He goes, like, these are songs that you want to do drugs to. And I go, no, some of them you might listen to and go... This would be fun if I was rolling in Vegas. But other songs, you're just like, how did anyone make these? This song has a quality. This song is that bitch. But also, like, different drugs make you feel different things. So, like, what drug is it? So that is actually a very, very, very (laughs) important thing to clarify. And I needed to convey that through the cover art. So the cover art is just showing it's, it's chaotic. Everyone go watch the video on Patreon. And it's we're turning it up all the way to 10. So it's in like a hell yeah. So these are definitely uppers that are in them. We're not, these aren't songs with downers in them. That's not, that's like my sad bitch hour playlist. Okay. (laughs) Maybe I I change the title and I just do like uppers, downers. But it's good. It's good. Wow. So glad we were on that segue. What were we saying? We were just starting the podcast. There's nothing really much to be said other than that. Introduce yourself to the class. Hi, everyone. My name's Melissa, and welcome. What's a fun fact about you? Oh, hell no. I hate icebreakers. When I got to a certain age where I realized that I could say no, I did say no. And I stopped. I remember when you'd like walk, go around in a circle and everyone's like, and say an adjective that starts with the just letter with of your, your name. Yes. I need you to know, I'm not going to say last names, so nobody is like going to be called out for this, but like mine would be like Marvelous Megan, Miraculous. Like it's just what, I don't know. But there was a a girl in my class in middle school who did it. And this was in the early days of Sydney and I becoming friends and just like looking at each other being like, oh my God. She was like, adjective, describe your name. Wet Wendy. We were all like... (laughs) That's pretty fuck? good. It's pretty good. Yeah, but she was not in on the joke. And everybody was just like, oh, and our teacher was like, okay, moving on. So bad. So bad. Oh, this is a show where we talk about things in our lives, decide if we were wrong or not. We pitch hot takes. And then we also read some email submissions from our listeners and they tell us situations in their life and they're trying to figure out if they are in the wrong or not. And as the title of this podcast would suggest, we say, and we tell you, you say, but am I wrong? And we'll be like, yeah, you were wrong. Or no, we don't think you were wrong. And then we head on over to the final segment, which is Rachel of the Week, aka, but are they wrong? Quote of the Week, the upside down Simone Biles, And we share pop culture, current events, celebrity happenings, and we nominate who is the absolute worst of all time for that week or all time, all time. And then the best part, what's the best part after that, Melissa? 
the best part is kind of just going with the flow here. I don't know if this is what you were getting at, but the best part is that you get to go to Instagram and vote on if you believe that person was wrong. So we'll put those up most of the time the Friday after the episode comes out. If we have other things going on in our lives, if by we, I mean, Megan, if Megan has other things going on in her life, then, you know, it might go up on Monday, but you have 24 hours to vote. Also, if you have opposing opinions, please send it to us in our DMs just because we like to know and we share it with the class. Yeah. Sometimes people have other perspectives that we did not have or interpret it differently. Everyone go wish Megan a happy birthday (gasps) because today is her birthday. Oh, my goodness. Oh, me. Birthday girl. Who? Wow, that's so exciting. It's my birthday. And you know what I want for my birthday, everyone? Besides world peace and for you to vote in your local elections, I want you to go subscribe to our Patreon. We now officially have Patreon up for this podcast so you can watch the video version. And we've expanded all the tiers. So if you were already a patron from our other podcast, don't blame me. You can stick with Stick with what you know, or you could upgrade to the tier that also includes the video version of this podcast. You can do the video version of this podcast as well as the live streams. There are many options, and all I want for my birthday is a big booty hoe and for you to join our Patreon. Love it. Yay. So exciting. Anyways. All right. Should we read the results from last week? Oh, yes, we should. Okay. So who is wrong for episode 35? First up, we have me and me, my vendetta against pharmacies for having a personal vendetta against me specifically, but also anyone on stimulants. 3% said I was wrong and 97% said I was not wrong. A good chunk of people who said I was wrong were like, my be voted wrong. And then some of the other ones who said I was wrong are, you know, the pro-force birthers who like to come out every once in a while and just disagree with whatever I say. (laughs) Yep. And then uh, next is me versus people that commit hate crimes during Jim Crow era should be arrested. 1% said I was wrong. 99% said that I was not wrong. Then we have writer number one versus her friend who is dating someone with the same name as the writer's boyfriend. 97% said the writer's wrong. 3% said the friend is wrong. We still don't know the name. And Writer, original writer, I'm going to need you to hop on into our DMs, stat, and let us know the name. We want to know. The people want to know. People in our DMs are like, we we need to find out the name. And I agree. So please, this is a plea. Tell us the name. Please, please. All right. Then we've got writer number two versus the man she went out with who put his divorce papers on Instagram that day. 5% said the writer is wrong. 95% said the man is wrong. This Beyonce reaction phase was the only thing that like it came. I didn't have to search. I mean, I knew what I was looking for immediately because I was like, it's, it's the, it's that face. It's one of my (laughs) favorite, favorite reaction pictures because it's just so specific. You can't use it for everything. It does Mm -hmm. not work for everything, but like when it works, there's nothing that works better. She has another one where she's making this face, too, where she's not as dressed up, too. It's pretty good as well. Uh, She's got some good ones. Mm -hmm. She's got, because, I mean, she's stunning. Then my wrong of the week, I nominated Zach Wilson, a.k.a. football mommy homie hopper. 
And 95% said that Wilson was wrong. 5% said Wilson was not wrong. Was it alarming trying to find pictures of this man and realizing that he looks like a child? Like, it was... I know that, like, athletes are of all ages, and especially, like, new recruits are, like, they're, they're, they're pretty young. But I did not know that they let preschoolers play football and then fuck <laughs> their mom's friends. Like, it was just, like, that made it even grosser to me on, like, the mom's friend's side. Because, like, he looks like a child. Mm -hmm. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. All right. And then my wrong of the week was alleged artist Gala Noor, who's wrong. 99% said the alleged artist is wrong. And 1% said the alleged artist is not wrong. But we got a lot of people that were shocked by how bad this alleged art is. I tried to describe it and I told everyone, I was like, it's not, it's not going to hit as much. It's, it's so much worse than you could envision. And it is. <laughs> also them side by side is just really embarrassing. We did post the resolution on our story. So it's in the highlight for that week. So they're, Putting both up in the Guggenheim with like an explanation, I am hoping and kind of betting based on the, it has the same formality of like a celebrity divorce announcement where they're like posting the exact same like mm -hmm. thing. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking we got paid. I'm thinking we got major, major pay. Me, 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 me too. And mm -hmm. I'm very happy for it. I would love to know specifically, but the fact that we don't know makes me think it's pretty large. Mm -hmm. Pretty, pretty large and quite embarrassing for the alleged artist, which right. it couldn't get more embarrassing, but like, yikes. I'm glad it worked out though, because they were, the Guggenheim was getting bombarded and I think they were trying to figure out what to, what was the right move legally because they probably mm -hmm. have a contract signed with the alleged artist too. So they're getting all their ducks in a row. Yep. And also there's like laws on art and satire and that stuff. And so there's just like a lot of gray area, but. Yeah. But it was also the description of it was a blatant lie. It, yeah. And then it's like, well, you can't, cause she tried to claim satire afterwards. And so mm -hmm. I think that became like, now we have to go through all of the legal process to like mm -hmm. be like, this isn't satire. There was like no reference to it. There is, you can't use like, that as inspiration and then claim you didn't. And then it, then it's satire on that thing that like has not been addressed. So right. happy for the um, assumed payday. For day day. Pay, payday for day day. Mm -hmm. Fuck Yes. I would also like just a little bit of kudos for the Instagram post I did to promote last week's episode. We all know what happens in Italy. The slideshow of Lizzie McGuire living her best life and the caption, Lizzie had the original Thought Girl Summer. I was thinking about that. She did. She she invented as like a child to me, Hocation was Lizzie McGuire. We've, we've gone over this. I over know, and over but again. as somebody who had a thoughty renaissance in Italy, I would think that you would relate to Lizzie. I mean, there are other people that I could relate to. I could relate to Saved by the Bells when they went to uh, Hawaii. They all had thoughty mm -hmm. summers. I, there's there's plenty of other TV shows that I could relate to that came out before that. 
Was there another one? So, because I was trying to, when I was originally making this post, I was like going to include lots of ones. Because in my mind, I'm like, all of those movies take place in like Italy and like everyone having that. And then I realized that the only ones that I could think of that I knew were this and then the Mary Kay and Ashley movie. And all of my like, re- like thought girl summer renaissance movies all were about preteens. And I was like, that's. And the thing is, again, the Olsen twins and I are the same age. I know that for a fact. So I think it's just that you watch things that are of people older than you. Yeah. And so you don't watch things of people the same age. So I had already viewed all my Mm -hmm. earlier thought, thoughty summers before that. Like when I was a kid, I thought when I would go back and watch them as an adult, I would be like, oh, yeah, they were all like cool and like 20 years old. And I was like, oh. No, like they just felt so much older than me because I was a child. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That was a wonderful segue. Um, head on over to our Instagram to vote for this episode. Listen to the episode first, though, please. Of course. Also, don't don't look while you're drunk. Yeah. It's a common theme every week. <laughs> and maybe that's the Friday in it. Yeah. They're like, I'm drunk. And I'm like, OK, w- just wait. You have 24 hours. Like, I hope this is not a whole full 24-hour bender. (laughs) All right. You're up. Okay. So I have a hot take because my brain fog is especially bad the last couple weeks. So I could not tell you what I have been doing, saying, or um, experiencing. And I almost picked, I just want you to know that I did you personally a favor. I almost picked Love Island UK just to talk about as an excuse. But I also recognize that not everybody is watching illegally. To be up with UK time. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I could talk about it for eons. Mine instead is something that I have told you off camera that I have been sitting on a bad boy, not a bad boy piece of information, but just a truly hot take. I think Trader Joe sucks. And I know that is a a big statement. And you might also be like, Megan, didn't you shop at Trader Joe's like all the time up until you moved. And yeah, you would be right. And I felt like I <laughs> I almost compared it to Stockholm syndrome. That is way too intense. But I feel like I had settled. I had settled based on proxy that like I had gotten so used to Trader Joe's that I just had my blinders on for what else was out there. And I was just accepting of the fact that like, you know, they have snacks. They are a grocery store full of snacks with shitty produce and good freezer foods if you do not have any food allergies at all. And I just bought into the Trader Joe's hype. That was like the grocery, one of the grocery stores that I shopped at as a kid. And I hadn't been inside a grocery store in truly like over a year with the pandemic. Mott's was doing it. And I was just, I was getting bored with my food. And if you have followed my journey with long COVID on my YouTube channel or TikTok, you will know that food has been a horrific thing post-COVID. And so when we moved, we went to Sprouts for the first time in, I mean, I go, we would go to Sprouts occasionally, but like I hadn't been grocery shopping in Sprouts. And it was like, I had been awakened for the first time. And I realized that I had been accepting subpar shitty things from Trader Joe's because I forgot that what else was out there. And I was greeted to organization, to aisles (laughs) that actually made sense. And it wasn't just like, oh, here is all, like with even just aisles that had labels on them that they would tell you what is going to be there as opposed to Trader Joe's, which is like, 
we are going to one-up Target and make you literally walk through every area and look at everything to decide if you need this. And we're not going to tell you where anything is. That's how they get you to buy more things. And then you get home and you're like, I have nothing to eat. I just have snacks, like just, just snacks. And I was greeted in Sprouts by like aisles full of gluten-free and just dairy. Everything was, it was just so good. And there's the fishmonger and the butcher. And I have since that moment said, fuck Trader Joe's, except for like, you know, the select few things that I want. But I just think we are all absolutely conditioned to believe that Trader Joe's is like the best. And part of me also wonders all those Trader Joe influencers who are like, what are the best things at Trader Joe's? I think that they might be conspiring with Mr. Staple and Big Milk. And there is something (laughs) going on with all of this. And my hot take is that we have been conditioned to believe that Trader Joe's is the end-all be-all. And in reality, it's not. It's subpar. And we have just accepted subpar grocery store shenanigans because we've been told that it's the best and it's cool and it's great. And it's not that great. And also half of the names of their stuff. Problematic. Like, I remember thinking that when I was a kid and then I didn't really like go up and like look at those same products over and over again. And I remember I was in the grocery store like a year before the pandemic and I saw they still had, I was like, whoa, I fully thought this would, this has been problematic always. And they just kept it. And also the unionizing issues and, you know, Mr. Joe. I think Joe. half our listeners are like, what the hell is a Trader Joe's? Um, Cause they're not oh, everywhere. True. But are also- they not? No, but I've never considered them like the grocery store of choice. I just, it's like, you know, I just go there for snacks. But two, I also have not been since the day before the pandemic was called a pandemic because I was trauma. Like I need to be compensated for the trauma uh, that I endured during this time because they're so small and so tiny. I was going there to just pick up snacks for us to record this podcast. And it was people, it was just pure pandemonium in that little tiny ass grocery store. And they should have, I mean, they did this weeks later, but they should have limited the amount of people that were in there. But fire code wise, that should have been enabled the whole time. So, you know, I agree with you. I also think that they have this like pseudo quote unquote healthy thing that they do. And I have like such a gripe with like the term healthy as like what the actual definition of it, because I think the true definition of healthy is allergen friendly, because the only things that are bad for you are foods that are inedible, rotten, or you're allergic to. That pretty much describes their produce. (laughs) Oh, uh, literally, literally. So I do take an issue with them being like positioning themselves as this like, quote unquote, healthy grocery store when or like a health food kind of well, I guess health food. Usually people think of supplements, but like a healthy grocery well, store. That too. Yeah. But like they have virtually no allergen friendly things. Mm-hmm. And so I just I, I hate that. Am I a little bit bitter because I can't eat all of their frozen foods? Yeah. But like, who's not? Find me a bitch who's not allergic to things who isn't. Okay. The state with the most Trader Joe's locations in the U.S. is California, which is 192, which is 34% of all Trader Joe's locations in America. They are in 42 states, plus the District of Columbia, but it's surely on its way to national domination. That's, like, threatening. 
There's only five in Texas. All the places that I've lived, I've only seen them in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because California, 192. And then the next one is New York with 33. And also, I think they purposely pick locations with the absolute worst parking in the world. Yes, I agree. Because they want to give you, like, the hometown market feel to it. Mm-hmm. And, like, lies. Literal bullshit. But I will definitely, right. like, you know, pick up some things there occasionally. <laughs> I still have not stepped in there since 2020. That's fair. I can't go to that Ralph's that I went to. Yeah. Even though I had a buddy, that like lady and I with her like three kids and her mom, like we I became friends. That. So like we were in it together. But if I didn't have her, I don't, I would not have survived. Yeah. All right. So mine is also food related. And if you're not driving in your car, I would like you to turn the lights down low and play It's So Hard to Say Goodbye by Boys to Men. And also put a lighter up while I speak these very real words yesterday we lost a real one i got some shocking news actually i feel like it it really rocked the united states my hot take well rather it's a cool take actually very cool some may say frozen is whoever made the decision the person that works at klondike to discontinue the choco taco should lose their job (laughs) I want to give um, a thank you to Mr. Alan Drazen, who was the creator of one of the greatest contributions to the world. I don't. How do you describe a, a taco taco? It's like a, a waffle, but it's kind of a waffle cone, but soft. So then it doesn't crack as you break into it. And then you've got the ice cream, which is like the I should say the the shell the uh, the cone itself is shaped like a taco shell, a hard taco shell. And then you've got the ice cream, which serves as like the meat. And then the chocolate fudge and peanut combination. That's kind of like the the toppings on top of a taco. And you might say, you know, we've still got drumsticks, but like drumstick, you don't get the the same taste in every bite. The, the taco taco was, was perfected in how mm-hmm. you got a taste of every one of the flavors. I would also like to blame Taco Bell because a few years ago they stopped carrying the Choco Taco in their stores. I remember the day that I went and I ordered one and they're like, sorry, I mean, we've got cinnamon twists. Those of our those of our dessert. I was like, why is there an either or? Also, I do not want to be driving with cinnamon sugar all over my shirt. I want the Choco Taco. It's very, yes, practical and just perfect of how it fits in your hand. And I should have seen this coming because about a month ago, I went to buy some Choco Tacos and they were $15 for six. You're kidding. I was like, there was inflation, but this is absurd. Yeah. But we might have a savior. Some of you may know him as Alexis, but he's more widely known as Olympia's dad and Serena's husband. He I truly said was like, that who's he... Alex? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he said that he wants to buy the rights. So please continue to use your money for good because I know that you do put a lot of good out in the world. And please, Olympia's dad, buy the rights so I can continue to enjoy my favorite treat. I 
don't disagree with you. I just have to say something that might be incredibly controversial. I had seen Choco Tacos. One of my best friends, Jake, was... To be fair, maybe Jake stopped eating Choco Tacos and that's how they went out of business because like he, between that and Hot Pockets, like keeping them both in business, he loved Choco Taco. I was more of an It's It girl. Um, I don't know what that is. Google it right now. It's space it. I've never seen this a day in my life. It looks I, like I the moon pie. I think it pie, might be but San Francisco-y based, but it's like a... Ch- like, it is. Okay. They have, look at me, I'm just such a local, like homegrown farm to table girly. It is like a chocolate, you can have a couple different ones, but like it's like the most delicious cookie you've ever had. It's just like a cookie sandwich, ice cream sandwich. Yeah, but they also have one, my favorite one was it was two chocolate chip cookies and they were like delicious cookies with vanilla. Oh, it was delicious. But so when we would go to the 7-Eleven, that's what I would get. He would get a Choco Taco and always, I was not allowed to have one, that and a push pop. And I was like, damn it. And I was like, these look so cool. One day, that's going to be me. Like, that is just amazing. Wow, so cool. And I still to this day don't think I've ever eaten one. But the day that I found out that the taco shell was soft was a day that I've never recovered from. Because visually, it looks like a hard shell taco. So I Mm -hmm. thought there was going to be some crunch to it. And finding out that it is literally just a soft waffle cone blew my mind. It's still a little crispy. It's just it's just soft enough so that it doesn't crackle when you bite into it. Yeah. I do think that if Olympia's dad does bring back Choco Tacos, I would love an option for Choco Tacos, the dairy-free, gluten-free, yes, but Choco Tacos hard shell. And I want that to be the magic shell on top with a crispy waffle cone. And I want it to be just as messy as eating like a regular hard shell taco with like a ton of like toppings and that stuff. Because I think there is room for both. There used to be both. I mean, there used to be just the hard one and people like were like, it's too messy. So now we're at the soft crispy. I would like both, but... I don't think they're going to be dairy-free, gluten-free, and I don't know if my voice is loud enough. So maybe if Olympia's dad does it, then it might be. Yeah. I feel like Olympia's but, uh, dad is, he 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 created Reddit. And so constantly mm-hmm. every day he is like, I must put so much good into society because I put a lot of bad in there by inadvertently. And I own that. And so mm-hmm. I must <laughs> pay. <laughs> but... I strongly believe that they need to get fired. I also believe whoever ended the partnership with Taco Bell and Choco Taco, Mm -hmm. they should also be, it's definitely from Taco Bell's end. They should also be fired. And I hope that they were brought into the office and it was just a PowerPoint presentation of all of the angry tweets about Choco Taco being like, we could have saved this. Mm -hmm. But they probably burned that bridge with Choco Taco. Choco Taco's like, no. Oh, very, very sad. My condolences to everybody. Thank you. Who has been I affected actually, by this. I probably have a picture on my in my phone of me enjoying the last time I had one. Next time I really need you to get an it's it. Like when you get like you can. I don't I like think, cookie. I don't like the cookie ice cream combination. I don't like it. Unless it's a, a hot soft cookie that's sitting beneath the ice cream. But like mm. I don't like a, a combo. They're not crunchy, but they are not hot. Love them, though. Miss them. That's, like, up top there with one of the things I miss the most. 
We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah i drink mine specifically when i am working out it's my beverage while i'm working out i just take one stick of the hydrate mix it in with my bottle of water 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there they also have the all-in-one shakes which i absolutely love i'm running low so i gotta get some more but um i love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code blame me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. 
This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must-read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. are back now it is time for but are you wrong where you send us your emails to but am i wrong pod at gmail.com and you let us know the situation going on in your life that you would like us to be the unbiased third party to tell you if you are in the wrong or not 
And we ask that you keep it under 300 words. If it is not under 300 words, we're not going to read it. So if you have submitted it a while ago and it has not come on, double check your word count. And as always, submit stuff. There's a lot of ones that like are kind of similar to ones we've done before. So we, similarly to our other podcasts, don't blame me, we don't want to constantly repeat the same things because it doesn't change what we're going to say. So mm-hmm. if you hear something and you feel like, like, oh, this reminds me of something, eh, please don't. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, we're going to say the exact same thing. So we are currently looking for new submissions, different ones, ones that have not been done on the podcast before. Yeah. If it's wedding related, we've pretty much answered most of that at this point. Most of like the general mm-hmm. like wedding stuff as well as like getting back together after a breakup like you know unless it's like a very very unique different situation our opinions usually stay the same so send some of the something something wild a wild card you haven't heard on us do before we also ask that you include your ages and if you would like to also include the pronouns of you and the people included in the story it is always anonymous but the more info we have the better. Okay. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I, 26, she, her, and my husband is 26, he, him. I'm a huge fan of both pods. Thank you. I've been wanting to ask about this, but I've been putting it off because I'm afraid my issue will come across as annoying slash privileged, and I don't mean it that way. I'm struggling with coming to terms with my husband being the only earner in our household and adjusting to the concept of, quote unquote, our money. I grew up poor. I never made good money. I've always worked physically and emotionally draining jobs, and I've always lived paycheck to paycheck. My husband, on the other hand, grew up well off, had a full ride to college, and landed a well-paying job right out of school. We've known each other since we were 16, dated seven years, and got married nine months ago. In the last six months, I went down to part-time work for my mental health, and then last month, I finally left my job to pursue art, something I've always had a passion for but could never afford to put 100% of my time into. I'm doing local events to sell and trying to get my name out there. I'm really struggling with feeling guilty for relying on my husband's income. We've discussed everything and are in a comfortable financial position without my income, but I can't help but feel like a burden. My husband says my feelings are silly because he fully supports me pursuing my passion and says it's our money now and we can live comfortably on one income so I have nothing to worry about. Do you have any advice for me coming to terms with transition? Am I wrong for feeling guilty for pursuing my passion? I never want to say someone's like wrong for feelings because I don't think feelings are so black and white. But this is one of those things that like you feel guilty because we've been taught that the only thing that you can bring to like a a partnership is like financials and that that is something that it's like, oh, don't be a gold digger. Like women are just like, they just want to find a rich man to do blah, 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 all of that. When in reality, even if you weren't pursuing art, like different people bring different things to a relationship and like. Like you said, like he had a head start in life <laughs> and he is coming from a background of privilege, which is going and he's a man. And so I think that it would be more ridiculous. It would be ridiculous to me if he insisted you stay in a job that was like hurting your mental health and like not pursuing your passions when you instead be could be living off of one income. I also think that like in long term partnerships and relationships, him being able to like be successful in his job is not a solo endeavor. Like that's like, even if you don't have kids and 
even if you're splitting a lot of like the household like tasks and things like naturally you are taking on responsibility for things that he is not doing like that's just how it works like people can't part that's why in divorces people like their spouses are paid out for the money that that person has made during their marriage because you have been able to make said money because usually because of like having someone at home who is contributing to like maintaining the household and doing all these other things that like I don't think what you bring to a relationship should be valued financially. Like that's like the top of whatever it is. I think that it's great that he is being supportive. I would be probably a little bit annoyed if he said like that feeling of being silly. I think I would have probably like had a more nuanced conversation about that. But I don't think you should feel like this. Like I don't think there's any merit to you feeling like it is his money versus your money together because like you are a unit but I also understand because like Mats and I have like fluctuated with who's made more money and currently he makes more money than I do and he'll cover more expenses for things and that than I will and like he grew up with he family had money he grew up like full ride to like I mean he college was completely paid for a lot more financial help and leg up than I did so I definitely have always personally equated my worth with like my financial success and career success. So like it has been a dynamic that has been like hard to navigate, but I think that like you've lucked out and I also view, I feel like I've also lucked out with someone who will reiterate over and over and over again that it's like, I wouldn't be, we both support each other and like those things fluctuate and change and like you can't be where you are in your career if in a very high up, very successful position all on your own. Like you have help from family, you have help from your college you went to or the high school you went to, the tutors that you had, your skin color, your uh, sexual orientation, your gender. Like there are always things that aren't just based on hard work. And I think that like when specifically men can recognize that their success is not all attributed to them and they disperse, like share that with the people in their lives, I think that's, a good thing. And I think if you can view it as less of, I'm not contributing anything to my husband is recognizing like his privilege and that, that this is something that we both benefit from. Yeah. And I think that he realizes that I wonder if one of his parents also didn't work. And so that's kind of something that he's used to, but you both have talked through it. He understands. And you I think in the moment understood, but now that you're more probably at home more than you're not thinking of what you're pursuing as a job. So I think maybe changing the mindset of your art as in like, for me, I work from home and like, I'll roll out of bed and I'm ready to work. But like, maybe if you think of it more as like, this is your job where you get up and you get ready. I don't know if you have like an art studio that's at home. So like, you treat that space as like, this is just where I'm doing my art. Or maybe there's somewhere, because I know a lot of like, if art is big in your community, then like, there'll be like a collective art studio that artists will work out of. So maybe looking to see if there's something like that in your area that you can go to. So then it feels more like you're actually like focusing on a profession as opposed to your hobby. So I agree with everything with Megan saying, but I just think maybe changing your mindset of what you're doing 
for work as in, you know, I'm not getting paid for this now, but I'm investing my time and energy and my work into something that could be um, a bigger payoff for me, whether it's financially or mentally, which, you know, your mental health was very much on the line before. So, you know, if you're strengthening your mental health, then that's still making an investment into yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. So I guess the final verdict is with the caveat that I don't like to tell people that they're wrong for feeling their feelings in the format of the show, I would say, I think you would be wrong for feeling guilty about pursuing your passion, but I don't think that's your fault, if that makes any sense. Like, I, I, I don't think that you're at fault for feeling that way, but I don't think that you should feel that way. Mm-hmm. Agree. All right. So my pick for this week, uh, it is a wedding one, but is a unique wedding one. So hi, I, 24 female, have recently got engaged to my fiance, 24 male. We are planning to get married in 2024. My issue is my parents are getting divorced due to my dad having an online affair with a woman from another country. He is planning to move there after the divorce, likely before I get married. I found out through the woman messaging me. I haven't had the best relationship with dad due to him saying he doesn't like my fiance for no reason, then backpedaling when we got engaged. Due to this, he is not walking me down the aisle. During my brother's wedding in June, my dad's behavior was awful. He spent most of the day on his phone. He can be seen in the background of photos. Family members commented as he was on it most of the meal. I had to get him to come back inside twice. His girlfriend was threatened by my mom and kept calling him. I am now debating if I want him at my wedding. I was worried that if he is on the phone texting his girlfriend and I have my friends and family commenting on it, I will not keep my cool. I am also worried that my brother and his wife are friends with the girlfriend on Facebook that she is trying to worm her way into my family, that she will force my dad to bring her without telling me. I am worried if I don't invite him, it will put a strain on my relationship with my brother as he is seemingly playing happy family and I haven't had much support from my brother when I have been struggling with this. You didn't state what the thing is that you're asking, like if you're wrong about. So I'm just going to decipher that. Are you wrong if you don't invite your dad to your wedding? Yeah. I don't think you're wrong at all because honestly, he brought this on himself. Uh, having an affair with the woman in a different country online. Also, is this woman even real? I know that she's friends with your uh, brother and his wife on Facebook, but like, a strong catfish can be a strong catfish. Uh, they can have, yeah, they can have like a whole backstory. How did he even meet this woman? On Facebook, I'm guessing. And the divorce isn't even finalized yet. Yeah, I don't, if you don't invite him, I don't, first of all, he didn't enjoy being at your brother's wedding when he seemingly has a good relationship with your brother. And I, if this woman is real and he does bring her to the wedding, a woman who has already admitted to being threatened by your mother, it's just not going to be a good time. So I think you debating him not being at your wedding isn't like a bad thing. And you have to your wedding is 
I know, Megan, you say that your wedding is about your guests. But for me, I think that the wedding is for I mean, the marriage is for you. But like people that are at your wedding should be there to support your marriage. And if they're not there to support your marriage, if they're not there to be fooling in, if they're not there to love the people that you love, if they're there to be messy and feel threatened by other people that are at your wedding, if they're there sitting on their phone their whole time, they shouldn't be at your wedding. So no, you're not wrong. And I mean, you've got two years, essentially, maybe things will change. Maybe we will find out if this woman is actually real. But at this point, I don't think you would be wrong for not inviting him to your wedding. I agree. I don't think weddings are about like pleasantries. Like I think that like if you don't like a family member, I don't think you should invite them. I think because someone invited you to their wedding, you don't have an obligation to invite them to your wedding. Like I think the only people you should invite to your wedding are people that you want there. And then from there, don't make the people that you care about and you really like do things that they don't want to do. I did see a Reddit post where people were like, we're going to make everybody have puppets because we love puppeteering and all of the guests, we're going to have hors d'oeuvres where you only have to use one hand because we want people to talk with their puppets the whole time. Don't worry, we'll have a range of puppets that you, like with links to buy from 100 to $500 instead of giving us a wedding gift. And it's like, uh, no, 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 uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. No, hard pass. Unless they're part of the like puppet community and everyone that, you know, into puppets. I, I, I honestly don't think, think see anything wrong with that. Oh, no, but it's everybody is resisting and doesn't want to do that. And okay. they're forcing them. And you can't take the puppet off. And you have to communicate through the puppets all what night. What if you go to the bathroom? I don't know. I guess they are in for a show. <laughs> you keep them in character like that's so fucking weird oh and oh sorry I didn't even include the worst part of that the reason why he's like that they like him and his wife like fell in love and they both were in the big in the puppeting puppeting community and they frequently still use their puppets at home and it, the implication was mm -hmm. sexual and then it was like you can't involve 150 people in your kink when they have not consented to it yeah I feel like you like you can invited but like if people don't consent then I just don't think they should come to the wedding yeah no but they they're trying to they were trying to figure out how can we convince the like what can we say like how can we do this and everybody's like make it optional and then make it abundantly clear that this is what's going to happen and then some people aren't gonna come like I also think that like I don't know. This might be a hot take. I don't think weddings should be that big of a deal where it involves if you don't invite someone to your wedding. I think it does happen to be like, oh, this is a pivotal change in our relationship and all of that stuff. I think that if it is like a real, truly great, honest, wonderful relationship that is like going through some like hard times or whatever, I don't think not inviting someone to your wedding should get in the way of a reconciliation later down the road if the two parties mature. So like, I don't like the whole thing of being like, well, if you don't invite this person to your wedding, like then the relationship that you have that is already fraught with them, it will never, ever, ever get better. And I just think that like, why should I have to like risk ruining this day to have someone there who I don't currently have a good relationship with because I might have a better relationship with them down the road and it's going to cause me all of this like anxiety and stress and I'm going to be unhappy about that because it's just as likely you're not going to have a good relationship with them later and so you thinking that this might affect your relationship like with your brother I think if not to be dramatic or all or nothing, but it, if people are not with you, they're against you. And I don't think that catering yourself to people who are not respecting like your boundaries and like what you want for 
how people are around. And like, if you want to prioritize making sure your mom's also comfortable and you're comfortable and you know that this will irritate you, I think anybody who will give you shit for that, they're not caring about you. Like, mm-hmm. and I would also assume probably the brother projecting as if he like didn't care about his, what happened at his own wedding. Cause some people would rather make you the villain than recognize like, oh, I thought I shouldn't have invited that person. Right. So I do not think you'd be wrong for not inviting him. I wouldn't invite him. But I would find out if this girlfriend's real. Interesting. Well, we're going to take another break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, now it's time for But Are They Wrong, where we nominate the Woat of the Week. And mine is something that popped off my Twitter, made me gasp. Three members of the LA family behind the $18 million COVID-19 relief scam were captured in Europe. I do not know. Oh, they got captured? They got captured. Oh my gosh. Yes, I am so happy that I didn't know about this prior because reading all of the shit about this, up in arms, up in arms. I'm so glad that I feel like I, it's like finding a series after it's already finished. So you have all the episodes to binge. I'm like, oh, thank God, because my blood was boiling reading this. And then I had to keep reminding myself, Megan, you found that you saw this because they've been captured. So uh, they are a couple from Tarzana, which is a suburb in Los Angeles. So it's a couple and then a family member. It's the husband's sister-in-law. So they operated so like an the app. wife's sister? I think it's the brother's. Oh, gotcha. I'll get to it. So they operated a massive COVID-19 relief fraud ring. And then they escaped to Montenegro like they're in a fucking James Bond movie. They were captured and... They were like the federal authorities were like looking for him. So it's uh, Richard. His last name is A-Y-V-A-Z-Y-A-N. And his wife, Marietta, her last name, T-E-R-A-B-E-L-I-A-N. Sister-in-law, Tamara, D-A-D-Y-A-N. Dad, as anyone, I cannot sound things out. I'm not good with phonetic spellings and things like that. So I'm just going to be using first names for this. So he, 43, then the wife was 37. They had like like these like monitoring bracelets that they had after like they initially were convicted for this. They sliced them, which I'm like, what is happening? We have, we keep people in prison. We hold people in jail cells for like, cause they can't pay bail for like months and months and months, years on end. But these people just had these little bracelets that they were able to snip off and then they vanished August. They were convicted in June. They vanished. 
He was sentenced uh, to 17 years in prison for leading a fraud ring that stole $18 million. That was to secure emergency pandemic loans that were meant for small businesses. And his wife was sentenced six years. And then Tamara, who is the wife of his younger brother, vanished. And then she had been sentenced to 10 years and 10 months. So the three of them, they're among eight that were convicted as conspirators of this massive scheme. And they filed 151 fraudulent applications for loans that were like supposed to help keep small businesses afloat during the pandemic. A hundred and fit. First of all, that's a full time job. I'm I'm so curious Actually, at this point. Like, they were so easy to put like it really? was like it took like. Because I did it for my business and it took maybe like five minutes. But I also the thing that people thought it was like it was free money. But when it came around for like the forgiveness part, either forgiveness or you get paid back, you had to show like physical things of how you use this like torture payroll. Mm -hmm. And that's where people got caught up. And so like the payroll thing is when you had to prove that you actually use this money, then that's how it got. But it was pretty easy to put it through to get it. They should have okay. made it tougher. Yeah. It took less than five minutes. So they created like fake businesses to get these loans and they attached fake payrolls and forged tax returns on the applications. And then they opened bank accounts for these businesses with stolen identities. And then in 2020, they used $640,000 of these loans to buy a $3.25 million house in Tarzana. And it was raided. They dashed out the back door, hurled grocery bags into the bushes, like hopping fences. And they agents fetched the bag and emptied it. And it was stacks of cash, $450,000 in cash in this. I don't know. These people think that they were in a literal movie. And so the jury decided that the government could confiscate the house. And there was gold. There was cash, gold coins, like gold coins. Diamond earrings, wristwatches, property acquired, including a $35,000 Rolex that one of them bought when they were on vacation in Turks and Caicos. And they're all of this in text messages that like how they plan to create like fake payroll reports and make uh, fake employer identification numbers to make it look more legit. They found like fake identification documents, credit cards, checkbooks. Uh, notary stamps and seals that belong to like state and federal courts. And it is wild, wild. They like pled guilty in June. The wife pled guilty in June and then she named her husband and his brother <laughs> as co-conspirators. Which I'm like, yeah, rat him out. And then her husband blamed her for all of the fraud. And he was convicted to only five years in prison, but they caught them. And they, like, they left their children, too, while they were on the run. It's just blew my mind because there was no amount of secrecy to this. Like, it was, like, the most obvious thing that, like, it does feel like a villain in a movie where you're, like, of course you're going to get caught. And they're also not that old. And so, like, here's the thing. I would, morally, I would never understand, like, this is not an ethical scam morally, I would never understand stealing money from like small businesses, though I will, a lot of people who got these loans Well, the thing is the money didn't go, it didn't, like you weren't stealing money from the small businesses, you were stealing money from the government because like everyone got, as long as you qualify, you got it. So it wasn't taking away from anyone. And the thing is, is that like what they did 
I'm not going to compare it to like the GameStop kind of thing, but like these major airlines did this. Like they're mm-hmm. all these huge or- organ like companies who are making tons of fucking money. They did this as well to get a fuck ton of money back from the government. And that's not ethical. This also is not ethical, but, but in the sense that like, would I rather two individuals do that than like a massive corporation and then fuck over their employees and, you know, Mm -hmm. not do anything that's actually helping and just continue to contribute to like the capitalism scam? Yeah, I'd rather two individuals uh, do that. But I will say, I would have thought if you're going to do this so lavishly, not like so, so not inconspicuously, so out in the open, I would have expected you to be at least like 75 or have someone with a terminal illness. I think that like if you don't have employees, you as like a- Or you were struggling. Yeah. yeah, Or is you someone who works freelance- you need to have a larger threshold of what your income is that you can live off of. And like, there Mm -hmm. is a large difference between um, what you can live off of. So you're not defaulting on any payments. You're not getting behind on any credit card stuff and you're able to pay your rent and like food and all of that stuff versus not wanting to change any aspect of your lifestyle as a pandemic is going on. And they improve their lifestyle, these people. Yeah. People, I saw people who like influencers who were hiring people to say they were like, oh, I'm decided yeah. I'm going to get a loan and then I'm going to get an assistant. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I'm creating jobs. <laughs> like, <laughs> But it also proves to like the government could pay for anything at any point. Exactly. And that's like, like I don't I'm not against people doing that. But, you know, I think if you're going to scam the government, at least Robin Hood it a little bit. And these people mm-hmm. did not. Yeah. Yep. Did not. But I think they probably lived their best life. And if a movie is made, I could see it happening. Like, I could see the movie. Because, I'm sorry, you're hopping your fence. I'm sure they've already signed over their rights already in the same way that uh, Anna Delphi did when she went to court. That's how she was still able to turn looks in court. That's how she was able to pay for her court because (gasps) Shondaland bought her rights. You know who's going to play her? Who? Anna de Armas, look at this. You could definitely. Yeah. Anna de Armas. And then for him, I want to say Buddy from Cake Boss, but I don't think he's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, the guy from Succession, the really obnoxious, like the um, one who did that interview. Jeremy Strong. Jeremy Strong and Anna de Armas starring in the... Tarzana Tycoons. <laughs> uh. Okay, so my racial of the week is this actually happened at the beginning of July, but July has been just like a month of of news. Mess. So uh, there's this woman in Colorado who owns a funeral funeral home, and she has been accused of stealing and selling body parts. And she's pled guilty. Her name is Megan Hess and she's 45. And yep, another Megan. And she is guilty. She's on there's more coming, but as of right now, she's been she's pled guilty to one count of mail fraud and aiding and abetting. And the charges come after she created this scheme where she was um selling hundreds of victims' body parts to, uh, like, scientifical and medical 
educational purposes for like research and stuff. And the body parts were sold without the consent of the people's families. And she worked also with her mother at this funeral home. And she said, quote, met with families seeking cremation service, offered to cremate the descendants' bodies and provide the remains to the families. And so it didn't occur. She was giving a lot of them like allegedly dirt and things mixed with a little bit of their actual family members. She also created a nonprofit organization in 2009. So she's been at this for a second called the Sunset Mesa Funeral Foundation, which did business with donor services. And officials have called it a, quote, a body broker service. So she was running these body parts through this service and the income primarily came from her harvesting, harvesting and marketing essentially donated human remains such as heads, torsos, arms, legs, and the entire body, according to the indictment in the case. So how, Megan How did Hess, we find out? I think that they had saw how much money she was bringing in through this foundation and it just wasn't adding up right. So those like medical places or whatever, they're just like, we'll take it, no questions asked. Sketchy. Well, she had the foundation set up. So it was coming through like she they oh, thought that she like was getting donations. Documents. Yeah, getting donations from these people and saying like they I mean, essentially, like you pay five dollars. I mean, a thousand dollars to get cremation for your family members. And so she was using the funeral home as a way to get these. So she was taking in money from the people, from the families. And then instead of giving them their actual family members body parts she wasn't and then keeping the body parts and then sending them out through her foundation and probably some of the things that she got caught on already were like she was forging documents saying that these bodies were being Mm -hmm. donated to science yep yeah and you can't have that many bodies like no not all those bodies are going to be donated but she was at it for a while and I'm, i'm it was probably legit at one point and then she was like oh i can make some money yeah with this and then faked it there was we went on like a haunted uh, a ghost tour in Edinburgh and one of the stories that they told us was about how like for I forget when it was but they got made into a movie and like Mons has always really wanted to watch it but it was these grave robbers who would steal bodies and then do the same thing and like and it was like yeah. a very 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 lucrative yeah I guess I always assumed more people donated their bodies to science than actually like do in practice how many people do you know that have died and donated their money, their no, bodies to science? I just thought science? theoretically, like, what am I, <laughs> I get, well, because I also didn't grow up religious. So like, I don't have, I don't know a lot of like religious connotations. I don't have any like personal ties to like your body in the afterlife. And so I think now that I'm older and I know more about religion, I think I know in certain religions, you know, in, in like Judaism, it's like there's a timeline for like of, of the burial and funeral and stuff like that. And so I'm sure in lots of other religions, your body is, part of like something in the afterlife and so like you wouldn't donate it but I always just kind of assumed that like you know a lot of religions it's more of like your spirit and your body is just your heaven your earthly body that gets left so you could donate to science Mm -hmm. I guess it probably is just logistically it seems like a very easy thing but I I guess it's not because it would be like really quick and your body has to still be like relatively healthy like oh that makes sense because they can't just unless they're studying like a certain thing that happened to your body yeah 
No, but that makes sense. It's gotta be kept fresh ish. Like with your your organ donations, they have to still be healthy organs that you donate. Yeah. And also I'm pretty sure they are like looking for certain a lot of sometimes they look for like certain things. So like they mm-hmm. they're not gonna go in with the body with like blind. Wow. We need to stop talking about this is grossing me out. Sick. Pretty gross. Pretty sick. And another fucking Megan t- bringing <laughs> us down. Oh, I do want to t- attach one thing on that's not particularly a Rachel of the Week, but I feel like it's ongoing for me that over 400 people that work in TSA at the at LAX, the Los Angeles airport, have COVID. Ongoing reporting from me. Ongoing story. New developments Back every day. <laughs> Fuck, I hate that. Yeah, and it was like this money, this morning they reported it was like 250. And then when the update came, it was 400. And so I'm sure since we've been recording, there's more. Yeah. Wear your fucking mask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry for yelling. Actually, I'm not sorry. Don't apologize. That is it for our episode, everyone. We hope you enjoyed. Head on over to the podcast app and leave a review because, again, it's my birthday. (laughs) So leave a fucking review for my birthday. Tell me, like, just how wonderful we are, how amazing we are. And then you can also go to our Patreon so you can really be honest when you say. And they're also just, like, so pretty. Like, they're just stunning. Absolute lookers. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls. And, yeah, make sure, always, we love to have your input for what we talk about on this podcast. So if you come across something on TikTok, tag us in it. Same thing with Instagram. Send it to our DMs, either our personal ones or the shared podcast account go follow the Instagram account and vote for today's episode of who you think was wrong. And if you're still listening, go comment on the Instagram who would play you in a movie. Who would play you in a movie, by the way? No clue. No clue. I've been thinking about this for years and I have <laughs> no clue who would play me. Yeah. Quinta. She's good. Quinta can play oh, me. And she and humor, it would, she would do it spot yeah. on. Like, yeah. she would do it spot on. Same height. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she can do that really deadpan delivery. That's like her yeah, old school, like meme sketch her. stuff. Yeah. Like that is, that could, that would nail it. I don't know anyone my age, but you know, I, right now, my top ones that I'm told are Rosamund Pike, Alzi, and Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> well, I think um, who I use as a placement holder for you is uh, Emma Roberts. Hmm. Mm, yeah, she, she she can do it. She could do it. I am pretty campy. <laughs> okay, read the review. The review says, Such a fun podcast from my first 101. Five stars. Megan and Melissa are two great people who give excellent advice while being aware of boundaries and helping writers navigate difficult situations. I called into their second podcast, Don't Blame Me, another excellent in all caps show, and they gave me excellent advice that I did follow and had a successful outcome. If you are interested in the latest media hot takes or even just having a similar problem to one in the episode, both podcasts are an excellent option for that. They truly are two fun and honest women. Thank you. Thank you. I love it when people take our advice and it works out well. Me too. Good points for us. Thank you so much. And I hope you all complete your homework of leaving another review for my birthday. Okay. We'll circle back. back. It's very off. 
There's a delay. There's a delay. I was trying to match you and you were trying to match me. So I bet they're so fucking off. Yeah. Next time we'll be in person. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Okay. Don't say that. Don't say we will. Manifest. Okay. Manifest. Okay. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.